0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. and I began yesterday talking about the wrath of God and the outpouring of it in the Old Testament. We took it from Joshua chapter 10 and Joshua chapter 11. We'll go back to that today. But to understand, it helps us to know that we are living in a time period called the dispensation of grace. God's wrath is not being seen today, but will appear again because God never changes. Let's go to the Word of God and find out about it together.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I am continuing today what I began yesterday, talking about the anger and the wrath of God. The reason why I bring this up is because there's so many Christians today believing that that whole time's over, that God was an angry God, a mean God in the Old Testament. He's a loving God in the New Testament. They actually bring out the fact, well, God has changed because of what Jesus did on the cross. No, The God's approach to man has changed and our approach to God has changed because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do live in a different dispensation, but folks, God hasn't changed. He's forever the same. There's a verse in Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I am the Lord God, I do not change say, yeah, but God got angry in the Old Testament. Right now, we are living in a parenthesis period called the church age. Began on the day of Pentecost, right after the, the work of Jesus on the cross, and it will end at the rapture of the church. And during this time, we are seeing a great display of God's love, God's mercy, but listen... God is not stopping in his anger towards sin, his anger toward rebellion, his anger toward rejecting him. It's going to appear again when the church is gone. We, as the church age, have not been appointed unto God's wrath, but God's wrath will come to an end. We over amplify God's love. We ignore his other attributes. God's mercy and God's wrath are as real as God's love. God's grace, God's vengeance are as real as his love. God's good and God's severity are as real as his love. In fact, the New Testament tells us, behold both the goodness and the severity of God. His goodness toward those that receive him, his severity toward those who reject him. Jesus was even applauded When he got into heaven after the work of the cross and was seated at the right hand of God the Father, and this was what was said over him, that you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Hebrews chapter one and verse nine quotes the Old Testament. And so we see it again here that Jesus Christ was applauded for this. If Jesus is applauded for this, we need to be applauded for this. When we look around us today and we see righteousness being produced, but we also see iniquity being produced, we need to love the righteousness and hate the iniquity. God's holiness is as real as his grace. God's justice is as real as his mercy. God's grace has limits. He is long-suffering, but he is not infinite suffering. Daily living grace can be exhausted. Shall we sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. And there's actually teaching on that today. Well, if we sin, God's grace seems to abound. So honestly, the more we sin, the more God's grace abounds. And this verse says, no, God forbid. You cannot manipulate God with evil and say, well, we as Christians, we're going to sin because, oh, God's going to pour out more grace and we actually help God. Now that is stupid. All right. And that's why the Bible mentions that in the book of Romans. And besides that fact, I am offering the book of Romans on this broadcast, as well as the, the uh, teaching on the book of Joshua. Both will be available and the announcer will come out at halftime and at the end of the broadcast to tell you how you can have a copy of them. And Romans chapter one deals strongly with the wrath of God against those who reject him. So there's coming a time the church will be taken out and the wrath of God will be poured out again in greater amounts than the world has ever seen. You think what we're talking about in the Old Testament is the limit? No, there's greater amounts that God is going to pour out during the time called the tribulation on the earth. We have been using yesterday and today, Joshua chapter 10 and 11. And uh, there's a part here where God annihilates the Canaanites and literally destroys them in horrible, terrible ways. And people often say, well, those sweet, nice Canaanite people are just living their life out. No, God gave them 440 years, 400 years while the children of Israel were in Egypt, and 40 more years while they were in the desert to turn. And one lady did. And this was uh, Rahab the harlot and her family also turned. And God spared them just like he will anybody that will accept him. I don't care what time, period it is, but he destroyed the rest of the Canaanites. And so terrible, terrible vengeance from heaven, but it also shows that God is not infinite suffering. There comes a time when his suffering comes to an end and allowing the sin to go on and finally puts a stop to it. So Joshua chapter 10 and verse 16 through chapter 11, God annihilates the Canaanites. Israel goes from one city to another as executors of God's judgment against the sins and the rejection of God by the Canaanites. God has given this nation as with Egypt over 400 years to repent and accept the God of Israel and they have refused to do it. They heard of the 10 plagues and the parting of the Red Sea. They heard the miracles of 40 years in the wilderness, God supplying supernaturally for them every day in a place where there was no food, he supplied food. In a place where there was no air conditioning, he supplied air conditioning, the cloud by day. In a place that was cold at night, he provided heat, he provided fire by night. So they heard of the miracles for 40 years in the wilderness. The Canaanites had grown deeper and deeper into perversion. And finally, by the time Israel got there, they were like a dog foaming at the mouth and they had to be killed. There comes a time when you call it a mercy killing, when your dog's Foaming at the mouth and infecting people that he bites, you have to kill him. The land was so damaged by the sins of the Canaanites that God had to purify it for his people before they could move in and live there. They conquered the southern part of Canaan as prophesied by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 10 and 11. These are called the border cities. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 16 through 18, they conquered the main Canaanite cities where time was given for repentance, but again, they did not repent. Only again, we find a few that did repent and the main one that did was uh, Rahab and her family. So they conquered the northern part of Canaan as prophesied by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses one through six. and Deuteronomy chapter nine, verses one through three, where time was given for repentance. Notice in every case, even in the time of God's wrath, he gave the people time to repent. You know, whenever Jonah went and preached to the city of Nineveh, he came in there and gave them an opportunity to repent. And you know what? They did. This was a city that had been so evil for so long, he came in simply preaching one word, repent. And the Bible says they repented from the king all the way down to the peasants in the street. We find at times, you say, yeah, but after all that time, it's almost like pointless to ask them to repent. No, it's never pointless to ask them to repent, even until the time when they're dying. And this was the time when the death was gonna come, destruction was gonna come to the city of Nineveh, and everyone repented, and the judgment of God was pushed off many, 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 many years later, whenever Nineveh again returned back to sin. So in Joshua chapter 10, verses 28 through 40, and Joshua chapter 11, verses 12 through 15, Joshua's armies conquer every city and leave no survivors of men, women, children, or even animals. This was just as God had commanded. You say, well, why kill the animals? They had been used so often in a perversion, sexual perversion with people. I mean, at that time, uh, sex perversion with animals was just as strong as we hear about it today, bestiality. And this was occurring back in those days. And so even the animals had to be killed. This was just as God had commanded. It's impossible for grace to long endure strong sin in the same place and at the same time time, day after day after day, like the days that were before the flood. These were not wonderful, innocent people. The earth was covered with perversion and only eight people survived. And that was Noah and his family. So again, like the days before the flood, these people in the days here in Canaan were just as wicked and they were not innocent before the Lord, but God still gave them every time they came to a city an opportunity to repent, but they would not repent. So God has waited over 400 years during the time of Egypt, and then also during the time of the children of Israel in the wilderness, God has waited over 400 years, giving them time to repent and to accept him. Instead, they have deteriorated into one of the worst and most vile sinners of all times in the actions they were doing, a window of mercy was made available to them and they continually refused to listen. They refused to repent. They refused to accept the Lord. Only Rahab and her family accepted the Lord and were spared. And Rahab eventually went on and married into the uh, people of Israel and then even had sons and daughters that found are found in the opening of the book of Matthew in the genealogy there. And they became the great, great, great grandparents of David the king. All these things are brought out again, but look how God rewards even a woman who was a harlot, a prostitute for years, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the mercy of God was just as strong back there as it is today. Because if a prostitute accepts the Lord today, he'll forgive her. There is no sense that God will not forgive If you accept him as Lord and Savior, and your home becomes heaven, right along with those that were raised in church and accepted Jesus Christ in vacation Bible school like I did. So again, I didn't live a life of of outward sin before the world, but you know what? I was just as much a sinner before I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we're going to start here and go into the second half of this broadcast with this. We're going to talk about God at war. He's a God of war at times, and he actually has to go to war. And God does this in our own nation, in our own world around us, there comes a time when nations rise up and want to enslave the rest of the world. It's time for those nations to stand up. And even nations that don't know the Lord are helped by the Lord to stop this from encompassing the earth, because Satan's desire is to control the whole earth, and he will come the closest he has ever come during the time of the tribulation, and especially at the end of the tribulation. But because he's about to conquer the entire world, Jesus Christ will Will come back and stop him. And we're going to see a great time of destruction at that time against the evil of the world and people who have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. With all of this, again, I want you to understand we live as Christians, and oftentimes we get so confused when we see about these things, but we don't understand God still hates sin. God still hates iniquity as much as he ever has, and one day when it comes to a certain point, you're going to see the wrath of God poured out on that. We will not face the wrath of God if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you're watching this broadcast, you've never opened up your life and said, Jesus, I want you to become my savior. I want to accept you as the Lord of my life and I'll give myself completely to you. That's all it takes. All your sins will be forgiven. Jesus Christ will become your Lord and savior and you will become a child of God. Why don't you pray that prayer? And then listen, write me and let me know, okay? You can actually go to our website, bobyandian.com and write me and let me know. I'm one of those that accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for giving me the opportunity. I'm now eternally saved. I'll see you right after the break.
1: The book of Joshua provides many lessons which apply to our lives as believers in the church age. They help us understand the life that we came from as well as the life that we are now living. In 12 Lessons, Pastor Bob Yandian completes a thorough verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Joshua and reveals why its lessons are so important to today's Christians. Subjects include God's promise of victory, spying out the land, entering the land, circumcision before battle, the battle of Jericho, the sin in the camp, the victory at AI, the deceit of the devil, let not the sun go down, victory after victory, and dividing the land. To order your copy of the book of Joshua available on CDs, USB flash drive, or MP3 downloads, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness,
0: Again, the things I'm talking about in this broadcast is the fact that God is not one that changes. He never changes. He's always the same. But we do see different sides of God. In the Old Testament, you more saw more the side of the vengeance and anger of God towards sin than you do in the New Testament. But that doesn't mean that God will not again show his anger and his vengeance towards sin. He will. And so uh, that's why in the book of Romans, especially chapter one, if you get the book, I want you to be blessed by it, But in chapter one, especially at the end of it, we see both the goodness and the severity of God. We see both the love of God and the anger of God. But he brings it out. It comes back to the attitude of a person's heart and especially his anger and his vengeance on those that reject him as Lord and Savior. And this is what we have by comparing that book, the book of Romans. Romans with what was going on in the days of Joshua. So like the days before the flood, In Joshua's time period, these were not loving, wonderful, innocent people. And that's how we often see them because we don't know all the things or even read the book of Joshua to find out what was going on. We just judge because the fact these people were probably just walking out every day and working in the fields and all their animals. Yes, they were, that's true. But by evening, by nighttime or by other times, they were also into sexual perversion horrible sexual perversion. Even their children were brought into it. Their animals were brought into it. And the terrible things they were doing were spreading. And if God didn't stop it, it would spread. And just like in the days where the flood came, God had to send the flood. Like the days before the flood, these were not wonderful, innocent people. They were terrible people who had turned against God. And again, we find only Rahab and her family had accepted the Lord and were spared. So God had waited over 400 years, giving them time to repent and accept him. But instead, they've deteriorated into the worst and most vile sins ever. A window of mercy was made available to them, and they continually refused to listen, to repent, or to accept the Lord. So let's talk about when God goes to war with mankind, especially, listen, it's not just mankind he's going to war with, it's the evil they are into that causes God to go to war with them. God's love and God's justice are joined to make him a caring, yet a holy God. God's Old Testament names include military titles. Exodus chapter 15 in verse 3, it says God is a warrior. Psalm 24 in verse 8, the Lord is mighty in battle. God's Old Testament names for rulers, he calls my servants. Numbers chapter 12 and verse seven, Moses is a Jew and Moses was a man of war. Psalm 89 and verse three, David is a Jew, but David is also not only king, he is a man of war. And because he was a man of war, God actually took the temple and had it done under the Solomon. David wanted to build the temple. God said, no, you're a man of war. And I don't want to build this during a time of war. I want to build it during a time of peace. And so Solomon came and under Solomon's reign, there was long periods of peace. And so again, God built it at that time. Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse nine, Nebuchadnezzar is a pagan who accepted the Lord and then became greatly used by God to free Israel. So we see the mercy of God being shown in the Old Testament, as well as the vengeance of God being shown in the Old Testament. The crimes of the Canaanites were, almost unmentionable. In Leviticus chapter 18, verses 1 through 4 and 26 through 28, between these two sections of verses in the Bible and in this chapter are the worst and darkest lists of sins found in the Bible. Yet it's taught today the people were nice. They were sincere, just trying to live in peace. And as Israelites, they were led by a bully and a brutal God who killed these innocent people. Nothing could be further from the truth. God is long-suffering but again, he is not infinite suffering. There comes a time when you reach the end of God's limit and you see suddenly the God of grace turn into a God of vengeance because why? He has to get rid of those who are going to occupy the earth, kill his people, and God has to stop them. The sins of the Canaanites made it possible for the world to be a better place after they were destroyed. We see the same thing today, again, Christians read this and theologians read this and say, oh, the the Canaanites were really nice. What about Hitler? What about Mussolini? What about Charles Manson? What about Ted Bundy? We would be angry if they were allowed to live normal lives after committing their atrocities. We would even rejoice when they were executed, and we did. But history is going to be probably one day down the road, all the stuff that they did didn't really matter. Oh no, underneath it all, Hitler was a nice guy. Mussolini was a nice guy. Ted Bundy was a nice guy. And we don't realize that there are people that literally opened themselves up to sin, perversion, and then eventually can become even demon-possessed. And these are the people that God was dealing with in the Old Testament and had to destroy. Again, in the upcoming tribulation, we see the same thing. Just as God gave the Egyptians and the Canaanites over 400 years, to repent, and except for Rahab and her family, they did not and were destroyed. Their sins which polluted the land was finally cleansed for the Israelites to finally come in and possess the land. God gave the Egyptians and the Canaanites over 400 years. The Egyptians did not repent, except a larger group of them did, and the Canaanites did not repent, except for Rahab and her family, and destruction came to both, to the Egyptians and to the Canaanites. The Egyptians survived and came out, but the Canaanites did not. God has given the earth today 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost to repent. The world is more polluted today than ever before. It's even worse than in the days of the flood of Noah. That's the days we're living in and the whole earth had to be cleansed in that day. How do we think we're going to escape today? Without a revival that affects a massive amount of the world, it's going to come. Destruction is going to come. The whole earth will have to be cleansed in the days of the tribulation And the tribulation in Matthew 24 is compared to the flood in the days of Noah. So we come back to it today that we're going to see in our time period before we're taken out of here, the world get worse and worse and worse, but we will be removed before the time when Jesus Christ begins to execute wrath and judgment on this earth during the tribulation. And the greater time of it will be in the second half of the tribulation. And then the final culmination of it, the battle of Armageddon will occur at the end of the tribulation. Well, no wonder Jesus said of the tribulation period, it is the worst time in all history that has ever been or ever will be, Matthew chapter 24. The wrath of God has yet to be poured out on an unbelieving world. Their sins and iniquities was laid on Jesus on the cross, but they reject that and are willing to stand before God in their own works, their own goodness, and are going to meet the wrath of God, and especially at the great white throne judgment. But this removal of wrath must be personally received. What Jesus took on the cross, we can personally receive it. I gave an invitation in the middle part of this broadcast for you to receive Jesus Christ, and again, I make it. It. if you didn't do it then but need to do it now open up your heart and receive Jesus because there's going to come a time of wrath on this earth and you will be preserved from it if you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior the Bible says that we have not been appointed to wrath and he's talking about the body of Christ and because the body of Christ covers the entire world today in every nation there are believers in this world I'm simply saying this God's going to have to remove them before he will deal with the wrath of that's gonna be poured out on the world. The same thing was true. Israel was taken through the Red Sea and brought out on the other side and then taken into the wilderness. Behind them was such a trail of those who had been killed, those who had been drowned, all those different things. But Israel, even during the times of the plagues that were poured out on Egypt, they were preserved from it. The unbeliever is already under the wrath of God. You and I have been removed from the wrath of God because we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. John chapter three tells us his great redemption chapter. John, the third chapter says, he who has believed in the son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. In other words, it's on him right now. It's just not being poured out. It's not being seen in him, but the wrath of God already abides over him. In other words, God has said this one is appointed to wrath, but the moment they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, that wrath is removed, and they begin to move then into the plan of God. Colossians chapter 3, Verses six and seven says this, because of these things, the wrath of God has come on the sons of disobedience in which you also walked at times when you lived with them. You see, there was a time when I was under the wrath of God. At five years old, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but the wrath of God was seen on me because I had not received Jesus as Lord and Savior yet. But I did receive Jesus and that wrath was removed from me. Believers today... If the tribulation starts tomorrow, between today and tomorrow, the church is gonna be removed. The church is believers from all over the entire world taken into heaven. So believers today will not go into the tribulation, but be taken to heaven. Having received redemption from sins, they will not see God's wrath, They will not see the tribulation and they will go directly into eternity to be with God. All I'm saying is today, God has not changed. In the Old Testament where he removed Lot and his family from Sodom as the wrath of God was poured out, he'll remove us from this earth before his wrath is poured out. But if you have not received Jesus, as Lord and savior, you will enter into that time of the greatest wrath the world has ever seen from heaven. God has been holding off for centuries, showing parts of his wrath and parts of his wrath, but there's going to come a time here quickly, whenever we see the world move into this time of tribulation, when we see it moving this time of international rulership, international communism is going to take over and nations basically put into slavery under leadership nations in this earth. And God is gonna send the greatest time of destruction the world has ever seen to stop this. And at the end, Jesus wins, God the Father wins and the world loses. But I wanna be on the winning side to begin with. That's why I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse nine says this, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake, that means alive in this earth or asleep, we've already died and you know your body's in the grave, but your spirit's in heaven with God, who died for us that whether we are awake, that's alive or asleep, we've already died, we should live together with him. I'm going to live together with him and I trust I'm gonna to go to heaven with you, that we'll see each other in the time of the rapture and be in heaven all that time period, if not, you still have time before Jesus Christ comes back to open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You do that and you will have eternal life. You do that and the wrath of God will not be appointed to you. Oh, you might face times where God's gonna get onto you down here. You may face times as a father and mother do with discipline over their children that you'll face discipline, but you will never ever face the wrath of God. Jesus Christ will be your Lord and Savior forever. See you next time.